from a disclosure perspective, what I think that they may do is just start off small and expose the public and the world to, you know, like, oh, we found little organisms, little microscopic organisms that are, you know, residing in other planets outside of our own. And then it could start to graduate to like, oh, we found these animals. And then the continuous disclosure desensitization process continues, you know? Yeah. Uh, that, that could be, that could be what's happening and what could happen this year, beginning this year. All right. Welcome back. I'm Christian and that's Patrick. And prepare to be sucked into black hole theories. <laughs> Bro, that's so sus. <laughs> uh, <so it> <laughs> you didn't like it? No, we should keep it in. <laughs> All right. I dig it. I dig it. So what's up, man? Um, not much. Uh, we were actually just talking about ghosts before the podcast Ooh. started. Because you showed me one of your old school paranormal investigation videos. What did you believe in? Or what do you believe in? Christ. Christ? It said Christ. And I thought that was interesting because I also have like had some potentially paranormal experiences growing up. And I was like, bro, we got to talk about this on the pod. So, I mean, here we are. What exactly happened to you? Like, what were your paranormal experiences? And were they even, I have a theory that most paranormal experiences actually relate to aliens and interdimensional life. I don't know. That's just my theory, but interesting. Um, well, I, well, it's like, where do I even start? Cause I, the way we got on this was, uh, when I asked you, had you seen my video on my channel about like the three paranormal experiences I've had? And I mentioned that those are like the three significant ones that I would consider are like above and beyond the rest. But like where I was even going to go with that before we hit record was I was going to tell you some of the other ones that are like more minor, but still are like, what the fuck? Um, yeah. Like this one time I was in this, in my buddy's house, he basically, I was spending the night there in high school and his mom was telling me about how, um, they used to have a Ouija board and it would go wild and crazy. Cause she grew up in that house growing up and now she was raising her kids in that house. And apparently her parents were also raised in that house. And before them was a, Indian family that who who had all each individually died in that house, and then that's why where their family bought it, right? So they each individually died, like like of natural causes, or yeah, like, like old age, like oh, but okay. like the the husband passed away in this room, the kid passed away in that room, you know, like but that, anyways, that family had only that house only had one owner before them. And then their families had it for the last three or four generations. So anyway, mm. she was telling me this and she was telling me about some of the, the Ouija board experiences that they had. Like one time they threw it away in the trash and then, uh, you know, it like appeared back on their table somehow or something. Right. Nope. Um, and so as she's telling me this, I'm getting worked up because I'm like very frightened because I'm putting myself in a state of like, all this crazy shit that they've seen in this house as far as like paranormal stuff. They see shadow figures all the time. And at this moment, um, James, my buddy who lives there, who is my age, 
runs out of a dark corner with a scream mask on and he scares the shit out of me and I about jump through the roof. Right. And so they're all laughing cause they could tell I was getting scared. And while we're all like kind of laughing about how I got so scared about it and we're like kind of coming down from those emotions, I hear a cackle coming from the room over which is the dining room. And it's not a big house by any means, right? So the dining room's like 10 feet away. And it's, it is very clear to me that it is an old lady cackling after they were Hell. just talking about her mother dying and stuff, right, in this house. And I was like, wait, hold up. Did you guys just hear that? And they were like, we didn't hear anything. And keep in mind, for me, it was as loud as, <laughs> I got goosebumps doing that, bro. <laughs> and <laughs> and uh, yeah, and and they were like, what are you talking about? We didn't hear shit. And I was like, I got to go home right now. And I literally left that house right that second and went, <laughs> went back home. I did not spend the night there. Uh, but I told my dad this. And this is kind of where it's ironic because my dad does not believe, did not believe in anything paranormal until he passed away, right? And so I told him this experience and he basically was like trying to tell me there's always a logical explanation for everything. There's always an explanation for everything. He would always say that. And he was just like, I was like, how do you explain the fact that I was the only one who hear, heard it? And he was like, maybe the fridge made a noise and they're used to the noise. I was like, but the fridge is not going to make a cackling sound for multiple seconds, very clearly, loudly in the room that is not the room where the fridge is. Like, this is not making sense. So that's not a logical explanation. But he was just like, it was the fridge. Don't question it. And I was like, damn. So that was one, but that didn't make the video. But yeah. yeah. That's pretty scary. Yeah. We've heard, I mean, when I went on my paranormal investigations, like we heard screeching, but what's crazy is that we didn't, didn't hear the screeching. Uh, and this was like at a park in the middle of the night. It's called Arch Creek Park in Miami. Very haunted. Uh, the Tequesta Indians uh, used to roam that area. And apparently it was like a burial ground for them. And in that park, uh, and this is actually a really creepy story and I'm getting goosebumps just telling it, but uh, we heard a screech through the camera, not necessarily through the, uh, you know, through our organic ears, right? Through our organic hearing. So, but what's crazy, what gives me goosebumps about this story is that we were at the park investigating it. Um, and there was actually a psychic medium that we had on the phone with one of our team, like one of our, I guess, uh, investigators. And she was essentially telling him over the phone and she's not there at the park. She's telling him over the phone what she's seeing, right? She's like a psychic medium. She's telling him what, what she's seeing. Uh, and she, we were standing by a tree, right? We were standing by this big tree at the back end of the park. And she was saying, I see an old man there. I see an old man. Um, he looked like a janitor or something. Like he looked like he was like in charge of like something, around that that area and then we were like filming the tree of course nothing manifested in the video and so the next day after we actually contacted the people that let us stay there at the park and we asked them like 
hey, so we ended up like talking to a psychic medium over the phone and they were telling us that we were seeing uh, an, an old man, that she was seeing an old man by that tree. And then she literally paused, like she like froze, you know, while we were talking to her on the phone and she's like, that is actually really funny you mentioned. The old caretaker of the park, his ashes were spread right around that tree because he really liked that spot. Damn. And from there, we were like, holy crap. We were like all freaking out. And um, and yeah, that's just, you know, that's just, yeah, it's one story. But I mean, yeah, there's uh, a lot of like crazy, they call those EVPs, I guess. Like, you know, yeah. when you hear them on a, on a recording. But you said you heard it like physically, right? Right. Like, I was yeah. like, to me, it was, there's been someone hiding in that room this whole time. And it's an old lady with a very distinct cackle, you know? Um, oh my. And I was just like, it was as clear as if someone was actually sitting there at the dining room table, 10 feet away in the dark room where we've been yeah. sitting in this living room, 10 feet away from this open floor plan this entire fucking time. Right. There's just, there's no door. It's just an opening in the wall that leads into the dining room. And, uh, yeah, every time I talk about ghost stuff, I keep looking behind me. So if you're wondering why I keep <laughs> doing that, um, yeah. Yeah, no, it, it makes sense. Let me ask you this. Your dad said that everything has a logical explanation, right? Yeah. I have a theory about this too. Well, yeah. But what were you going to say? Too. Yeah. But I just wanted to ask you, like, if we dig deeper, if we like, you know, mm -hmm. if we start, you know, theorizing, um, what, what do you think ghosts can be from a logical explanation like standpoint? Well, I've actually seen an apparition with my eyes and listen, I just, I'm the bit like, if you've seen the first two episodes, you know how skeptical I am of most shit. Yeah. So for me to say that, like, I don't want people to just think I'm some fucking crazy person on the internet you know i'm not the lady who is like guys they got the coordinates backwards you know i'm not that mm. with the fucking spiritual flag in the background yeah. i have actually seen an apparition in an in a mansion that is like in the first city of kansas where i grew up right where tons of wars were literally fought with indians in that exact city and this mansion was built in the 1800s and at one point was a hotel in the early 1900s and and to this day is a child daycare and the house is unchanged okay so in that house i saw an apparition when i literally was doing a lock-in at this place on a friday night where it was storming profusely and the power went out and so mm. I saw an apparition <laughs> and I'm telling you, I'm not crazy. All right. I am not crazy. I saw one <laughs> and I don't know what they are, but they exist. I believe you. you said that the power was out. So it, it flickered. So what happened was, and this, it was in the video, right? Um, one of, it was the first story in the video, but basically there was this rumor that would, that everybody there knew, including the teachers, um, which was, and, and this is like a summer camp. So like it was a daycare for kids who are on summer vacation and they're 
parents still had to work. So they didn't want to be mm. home alone. Right. So that was me. And it was always the same kids every summer. Right. And so I grew up with these kids. And so moral of the story is we all knew that at one point in time, it was a hotel and the hotel ended up uh, basically having like a mass murder happened there where like all occupants were like killed by someone who came in there. Right. And, uh, that's the rumor. And apparently it's been, uh, documented in certain books where they talk about haunted places or whatever. Um, I, to this day have not been able to find any of these sources. This was just the rumor. Right. Mm. And one of the specific details of that rumor was one of the people was a father and a son who were there hunting which is a very big hunting area. I grew up hunting in that area of Leavenworth, Kansas. And um, he basically, these two people were chopped up with an ax and their body parts were thrown in the woods behind the, <laughs> behind the building or whatever. That's the rumor, right? So anyways, mm. I'm seven years old. I'm doing a Friday night lock-in. And one of the things that they always did as a play on the fact that this place was haunted was they would set up a ghost hunt uh, and you had to be seven to attend these things. Right. And so I just turned seven. I've been looking forward to going to one of these. I had heard from all the older kids when I was four five and six, damn, you got to go to these ghost hunts or whatever. Right. And so um, I go, I'm already a little bit nervous because I don't know what to expect from the ghost hunt. Um, and basically the, the night played out where we were watching like goosebumps episodes uh on the vhs tape and we were all laying in the living room area and then they were going to do the ghost hunt afterwards when it got a little bit later well on this particular night it happened to be storming and thunder struck like right outside the house and it was so loud like it shook the house right and it uh mm -hmm. basically made the the power go out momentarily but when it came back on the the goosebumps episode we were watching which by the way was like seconds away from the climax and i'm still upset about it because i didn't get to see the end of the episode um the teacher basically i have this vivid memory because i'm sitting right in front of this tv of her like just pulling this fucking tape out of the VHS tape, like because it's just completely ruined. Like the lightning striking the ground was so close that it shook the VS VCR enough to where all the tape just like got jumbled up, you know. And if you're a '90s kid, you know exactly what I mean. Who remembers VCRs? Hey, <laughs> yeah. Shout out to VCRs. And so, um, basically, out of frustration, she goes, ah, "Just go upstairs for the ghost hunt." Right. And so all the kids who have been looking forward to this thing run upstairs. Me, not too eager to run upstairs, given the fucking fact that lightning just struck and I'm already nervous about the ghost hunt. So all the kids run upstairs and the only two people who are left on this floor are me and Miss Joan, who was fucking around with the tape. Right. And basically the the stairwell is like you just go through the door that's on the living room where we're all at, right? And so I'm standing in the doorway looking up the stairs, right? Uh, and, and also I can like kind of look back in this room, right? And it's just me kind of slowly creeping up the stairs. I'm literally the last kid to go up there. And the moment I go into this dark corridor where the stairs are, 
where all the lights are off upstairs too, I see this man, this boy who is maybe 16, 17, wearing uh, a hunting outfit from the 18, 19, 1900s, maybe. And what stood out to me is that he had a raccoon hat and it looks like Davy Crockett. You know what I'm saying? And so mm. this motherfucker just like turns the flight of, of stairs, like on the platform at the end of the first flight. And he turns, stands at the top of the stairway and makes direct eye contact with me. I get chills. Yeah. I keep getting the temptation to look behind me, bro. He made direct eye contact with me. Um, and I'm looking at him standing at the bottom of the stairs, right? And I'm so frozen in fear that I look, and again, I just have to lean to be in the other room now. I lean in here and I go, Miss Joan, Miss Joan, there's a ghost upstairs. And she goes, I know it's the ghost hunt. Now go upstairs. And so I look back and the thing is gone. 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 Was it, did it appear physical in nature or did it, was it like transparent? It was you translucent. Know it was like the classic white translucent. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. That's crazy. That's crazy. It was That's a crazy and it yeah i saw all the details of what it was wearing wow. he was pro he looked wow. like you kind of like uh just like the type, really? type of body type you know what i'm saying like kind of uh, like skinny athletic um yeah you know yeah dude that is scary i mean i look the, the closest thing that i ever saw to apparitions was there at that park the arch creek park that i was telling you about yeah and we saw two figures kind of hunched over like behind the fence. So like, you know, you have like the park, we're inside the park limits and then outside is like a fence. And then behind the fence is where we saw like the two, um, the two apparitions. And they were like, they were like walking and like looking at us. And we don't, we couldn't tell really if it was like actual people, but who would be the, the, the park was so like, this was at like two o'clock in the morning and the park was so filled with trees and like, you know, there's really no reason why anybody would be outside the park. And that really freaked us out. We all saw it at the same time. And what's crazy, and I'm getting goosebumps here because um, one of the people that was with us was my uncle. And he was like kind of like an investigator with us. And he passed away last last year. Um, he had early onset Alzheimer's. Um, he got it at the age of 40, which is like super young. But um, I I always told him like, bro, and we were super cool. He was like, he was like a second dad to me. Um, he, uh, I told him like, bro, like if you ever go before me, which I'm pretty sure you will, I mean, you're like 20 years older than me. Um, you know, give me a sign or something like, you know, from the grave, you know? Mm. And to this day, I mean, it's been like almost a year since he passed and like, I haven't seen anything or heard anything. Um, so, you know, people can speculate that he crossed over to the other side successfully because, Apparently ghosts, you know, like the lore goes that they remain in kind of like purgatory where it's like the in-between. Yeah. And they have like, um, uh, what's that called? Where they um, they have something here on earth that's keeping them here. Um, but I don't know. I don't know. I haven't had any signs or any signs of contact or anything like that. So it kind of makes me not believe in it as much anymore, you know, only because, you know, we're breaking the fourth wall here my own uncle was a paranormal investigator who passed away. Um, so yeah, but yeah, I don't know. I think I really do think that it could be several things and I'm getting a little woo here, bro, but 
I'm thinking, uh, what's that called? So I, I'm thinking it's technology, right? That is still unexplored or unannounced, right? Experimental technology, military technology, which is something that the Miami uh, Mall incident could have been if it was true. That was fake. Uh, which is something that, it was fake. I mean, it, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it, it was probably fake. It was probably fake, but I haven't I didn't debunked to... it officially, but I can debunk it for you right now yeah. if you want, Yeah, you know, because the witnesses that you told me about, I, if you look at the rest of their videos, it's very obviously fake. And some of them even admit it, you know, that they made yeah, it. But up. what if they, what if they told them to retract their stories? What if they told them to say that it wasn't real? I don't know. Look, look, I, I, I'm not, I'm not a hundred percent believing it either for sure. I mean, but I guess like, like if you look at it without kind of like, you know, like just dismissing it entirely, mm -hmm. I think that you can, you can, you can come up with some assessments. Like if you're in that theoretical mood. Yeah. Right. Let uh, me ask you, know. you this though. Let me ask you this. Do you think OJ did it? Um, yeah, I, I do. Me too. Okay. Yeah. I was just I making think, yeah. sure you weren't one of those people who thought that no. he didn't do it. Because <laughs> no, then, no. then you're a true conspiracy theorist. Yeah, no, no, yeah. no. I'm realistic. I'm, a, I'm I guess I'm more, I lean more towards like being more realistic. I think that ghosts, apparitions yeah. could be some kind of technology that is kind of like implemented at random places. Mm. Maybe there's a technology, you know, Skinwalker Ranch, how the people theorize that there's something underneath Run the ranch who? that is causing by some kind of other extraterrestrial civilization or even now inner earth civilizations people talk about. So um, you think they're, they're holograms from aliens is what you're saying? Could be. Could be holograms. So could where be, did this uh, theory originate? Is this is this, this something you like thought of once? I mean, I mean, yeah, but it's also just like reading, reading a bunch of shit, and just polluting your mind with a bunch of uh, non-useful information. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think that you know these are just things that I just like. I think about for fun, you know, it's nothing that I take too serious. Yeah. But I mean, you know, I, I will admit that's a, that's a crazy theory. It's, that's a crazy one. I'm not saying it's impossible. Right. I'm not saying it's impossible either, but who's to say that there is some kind of, you know, technology that allows us to see things that are, aren't really there, you know, like holograms and shit, you know, or even, um, I'm going full Eddie Bravo too, but even, you know, uh, rips ripples and like rips in space uh, in the fabric of yeah. space and time you know yeah. what if ghosts are those you know um what if you know what if they are lost moments in time or something like that like maybe slips in time uh and some people for one reason or another are more sensitive to tapping into whatever that uh alternate frequency is you catch my drift yeah 
I yeah, I think that's a possibility. I think that there's people that that could be more sensitive, um, and that's where like psychic mediums, you know, yeah. like I wonder that if that laugh enough. that I heard would have maybe been a faint, like you got to raise the audio up on like an EVP. Yeah, but I heard it cl- clear as day, clear, right? Clear as day. Um, yeah. I haven't met many people who have seen a full body apparition and has had multiple experiences like me. So if I would kind of reflect back on my childhood, like I think for one reason or another, I've always been kind of tapped into something. If you know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. I've always kind of felt that. I think a lot Mm. of it was due to the fact that I was an only child in a big house and I just, Mm. You know, um, you have a lot of time to sit down and meditate, I guess. (laughs) And so, uh, yeah, I, when I was in, when I was in first grade, I remember my school was, was also built in the 1800s. It was a small Christian school in Leavenworth, Kansas. And the school had a really tiny library that was like, basically a tornado shelter deep inside the core of the building with zero windows that they added bookshelves to. And Mm -hmm. so you would have to go through this fucking maze to get there of like concrete walls. Um, So it's kind of a trippy place altogether. Anyways, we go in there. It's our first time going in there as a person who went to preschool and kindergarten and I'm in first grade. Right. And, uh, they're like, pick out a book and you'll be able to read it this week and we'll teach you how to read or whatever. I shit you not, the first ever book I pick up out of that fucking thing was a book about ghost stories and ghost hunting. <laughs> and I've been hooked ever since. But yep. I remember like the book had a lot of crazy shit in it. Like it would tell a story uh, <sighs> of this like – um used car lot and someone bought like a uh used car that apparently used to be like a taxi or something and they would always see like this person that looked like a mobster sitting in the back seat in the rear view mirror and uh, that was a trippy as a six-year-old as a seven-year-old you know and it had a lot of fucking creepy ass stories in there like that and uh, I remember one of the things it was like, if you're, if you want to protect yourself at night and you're walking down the street and it's at night and you see what might be an apparition, um, make sure you cross the street. So you're on the opposite side and make sure you keep a piece of bread crust in your left pocket. And I was like, <laughs> it's a very specific <laughs> detail. So anyways, I like, this is like one of the first books I've ever read as a six year old in first grade. And I think something about maybe that book was drawn to me, you know, because I I feel like I've had so many paranormal experiences around those younger years of mine that maybe I'm more sensitive to it. Yeah. See, I I can relate to a certain extent. I never really had paranormal experiences growing up as a kid, Um, but I would go to the Scholastic Scholastic Book Fair and and, and shit like that and, and read books like that like those same exact kind of books that you used to read. Yeah. And that's what really interests me in the topic and make me want to like learn more about it. 
And then that's when, you know, I started doing, you know, doing the whole paranormal investigation stuff. And, but yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Who's to say that all of these, you know, was that all story boring? Go- I'm sorry. No, no, okay. I like it. No, no, no. Cool. No, it's actually funny. Like who the, like I never even heard that before. Yeah. The, the, the piece of bread in your pocket. What is that? I, it was a specific <laughs> detail I remembered. Um, yeah. That's funny. Yeah. But yeah, I, that no. even that hat man experience, like that was something where from day mm-hmm. one, I knew there was something off about that room. I could just feel it as soon as I walked in, you know, like, but so it was that room in particular. So you, for, for, for people listening to yeah. your hat man experience, if you were to like summarize it real quick, you moved into a new house, uh-huh. right? A new house that your dad and your stepmom got at the time. And then it's it, a lake house, it, yeah, a lake house. And it was by the Ozarks, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then you move there and um, you did not want to be assigned a specific room because the first time that you went there, you felt some kind of way. Right. Yeah. It's like, um, I mean, the house was a very nice house. It had two stories and it was built on a fucking mountain, basically going down into the water. And right. So there was no reason for you to be freaked out or like it was right. it welcoming. Did it feel welcoming enough? It felt for like you to a not very be- it, it almost felt like it was pulling you in, you know, hmm. in a sense yeah. of like the family was just in awe of how perfect this house was. And I remember getting this weird thought, like as soon as I realized, like, this is actually going to happen, they're going to pull the trigger on this house um, hmm. because they've been house shopping for months maybe a year. And so when we when we visited it for the first time and that was kind of the overall sentiment, I was like they're going to get this house. And so we actually started to seriously go around the house and go into the bedrooms to kind of plan out who would go where. And for whatever reason, when we walked into that bedroom at the end of the hallway in the basement and there was like three or four bedrooms down there, um you feel like a tightness in your chest, like this anxiety, this like something bad is about to happen, you know, and it's like in your gut and, um, you know, and, and then the moment you leave that room, it's like fresh air, like, Oh my God, like what a relief. Like I'm out of that room. That's the feeling that I would get every time I went into that room, you know, even to the day I, the last time I ever went there, you know? And so, um, I basically made a request on that very night, like, hey, okay, so if we move (laughs) into this house, um, I'll just make one request. Don't want that room down there. Y'all can have that one. I'll take literally any other room, right? But I just say, I don't want that room, right? That was very clear. (laughs) And, uh, And ironically, we move into that house and the stepmother uses logic to try to basically say this is the only room that makes sense for you to have she was gaslighting me bro (laughs) she was like she was like look my children it wasn't this sentiment it's gonna sound really bad in retrospect but it's basically the tone this is basically what she said okay she goes my my children have more friends than you So when we come here on vacation, they're more likely to want to bring more people like their friends than you would. And that room right there is a single room. So we can put a full queen size bed in there for you to sleep in. 
The other rooms have bunk beds. They have a king size bed. Those need to be reserved for when maybe groups of people come. I said, I understand, but I had one request. Okay. And I disagree with you. I got friends. I got friends. <laughs> what you saying? <laughs> so long story short, I got stuck with that room. And the, f the first week we're in that house, uh, I started to kind of get this like weird feeling like this is like how most horror movies start out. Isn't it like, mm-hmm. We're looking for a house. We're new to town officially. We love this town. Oh my God, this house is so perfect. It pulls you in. And then shit just starts going haywire, right? And that's how the, the horror movies usually play out. I kind of mm -hmm. had this feeling like this almost feels too good to be true. And so anyways, first week we're there. Nothing's really happening. And it would be broad daylight. And I would realize that sometimes I'd be like upstairs making a sandwich because the kitchen is on the main level. It's built on a hill. Um, so the main mm -hmm. level is like the upstairs. Uh, so mm -hmm. um, making a sandwich and I'd be turning and to go downstairs. And as I'm turning, I would see like a shadow figure walk across the window like it was a shadow that was outside and the, the weird thing about that is if i did see someone walk across the window these windows on that main level because it's built on such a steep decline are actually like 15 feet off the ground 12 feet off the ground there is a walkway on the side of the house but yeah mm -hmm. so and i also really re remember like I specifically noticed that the shadow that I thought I saw out of the corner of my eye go across the window had a wide brimmed hat. I don't know why that was a detail that I thought I saw in this shadow figure, right? So anyways, that night, same night, I'm in that bed, going to bed. There's a TV in my room, um, and eventually I turn off the TV. This is before cell phones. I had a flip phone at the time. So this is like 2005, mm -hmm. you know, 2006, maybe. Motorola um, Razor. Yeah. And so yeah. uh, anyways, when I turn off the TV, there's this big window in my room that is also about 20 feet off the ground. And I see a, a very clear outline of a shadow figure that appears to be wearing a trench coat and has a wide brimmed hat. And to me, I was like, it looks almost exactly like the monster from Jeepers Creepers, right? It's kind of, and I actually think now in retrospect, whoever created that movie might've based it off of the lore of the hat man, because it's eerily similar, you know? And so, um, but the shadow wasn't moving and it had very clear outline. And the crazy thing is the only thing that's in front of the trees are, or in front of that window are trees and then the lake of the Ozarks, which is right there, right? And so um, you could see the branches of the, the trees like kind of moving slowly behind the shadow, which was very rigid outline and not moving. And it was just there. And I, I stared at it, scared out of my fucking mind. <laughs> trying to decide for, for maybe maybe like five seconds that felt like an hour right but 
I was staring at it trying to think, am I really seeing this right now? Like I have to be just like seeing shapes, like it's like shapes and clouds. And it's like, no, like it's very clear and those branches are moving. So there's something outside my window or something, right? And uh and so anyways, I turned the TV back on and I can't see it when the TV's on because there's a little bit of ambient light. I shine the fucking small ass flashlight from my flip phone. You can't see it, right? You can only see it when all the lights are off in that in that room. And so this kind of turned into me thinking like, should I tell someone about this? And I always got the impression that like, I would, I don't know how I could even tell someone this and them even like start to believe me. Right. And so I always got this impression that if I like tried to show it to someone that, uh, maybe it wouldn't show itself. It's kind of like you practice a magic trick for six hours and, um, you know, you go to show your parents and I've had this experience and you mess up the trick the first time you try to show it to someone. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I kind of got that same feeling and I, it might've been a telepathic kind of thing because long story short, this would, it happens with such regularity that like an experiment, I could make, I could, make the shadow manifest by turning out all the lights every time I have. And every time I saw it, I was always in the room, um, by myself because I didn't have friends over, I guess. (laughs) And so, uh, I, yeah. So I never tried to show it to anybody until like maybe the end of high school when I tried to show it to my best friend as a way to see if it would actually show itself or not. And it Mm. didn't show itself. So basically whenever, ever since I tried to show it to my friend, I haven't seen it since, um, Mm. until fast forward, maybe 10, 15 years, I'm sitting in Arizona at my apartment in downtown Phoenix and my girlfriend's in the other room and I'm looking for a movie to watch on Amazon prime. And I see a documentary called the hat man. (laughs) And (laughs) I was like, huh? That kind of reminds me of that shadow I once saw in high school that I haven't thought about for a long time because I don't know if I'm just being crazy or not, right? And it turns out that it's a documentary about all these people who have seen this hat man and what's crazy is they keep showing illustrations of what the the shadow of the hat man might look like and there are plenty of illustrations um, of it. And they're all very different and very like different details are different. Right. But there's Mm -hmm. one particular illustration that they kept showing that was the exact shape I saw, like the exact one, absolutely perfectly copied into this illustration. And that stood out to me from a person who's naturally skeptical. Again, you got to if you if you don't believe I'm skeptical about shit, watch the last episode or the episode before that, right? Mm-hmm. I'm naturally skeptical, but the one thing I can't explain is the fact that this was such a unique experience to me that I didn't even know how to convey it to someone else. I didn't even look into it, right? It was just something that I knew I hated that room. I had a terrible feeling every time I was in that room. And I saw this thing basically every time I slept in that room. Okay. And, uh, oftentimes sleeping with the TV on, so I didn't have to see it. And so this is, uh, ironically, 
Also in that house was the first time I ever had sleep paralysis ever in my mm. life. Um, and I've had it kind of semi-consistently ever since, right? Maybe once every few months or whatever. Um, but the unique thing about this experience is I was always wide awake and I could also see it during the day if I just turned out all the lights because the room was naturally dark. Um, right. And so did anyone yeah. ever sleep with you in your room? Yeah, my buddy would, you know, take the other side of the bed. I my first kiss was in that room. I had a couple of girls that were staying in there. Uh, and it, like my first kiss was an almost threesome if I had a little bit more game. Um, but it was so bad because I didn't know how to make out. I like it's my first kiss. Um, and I was 16. So I was a little bit of a late bloomer. <laughs> Did any of your friends see that? See the hat man? Or was it only you? It was only me. So I never, I never pointed it out to anybody, you know, and from memory, I don't remember if I ever saw it while someone else was in there. I think it, I just would not look at it, you know, if I didn't have to. Um, the right. only times, like the times that really stand out to me where I saw it were the few times I would see if I could see it during the day, which I could. Um, and the, and then basically every time I fell asleep in that room, which was, did you ever go to day. the, did you ever go to the window to see like, if there was anything outside casting a shadow of time. any kind? Yeah. Really? It took me several years to even tell my friend about it. Um, wow. That's crazy. And, Let me ask you something. Yeah, and, and I would study the trees out. Like I'm like, could could anything yeah. potentially make that shape? And, and no. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. pareidolia. Like it wasn't like, you know, a visual phenomenon, right? So, let me ask you this, okay? And this might be a weird question, but when was the first time that you ever took any kind of stimulant? And by stimulant, I mean like the most common form, which is caffeine. I didn't really start drinking caffeine until college. <laughs> this is going to sound crazy, but I didn't even know that caffeine was like a, a thing <laughs> before that. Like I was just like, wow. oh, some people like coffee. Hmm. In high school, I never the drank reason, caffeine. Yeah. Interesting. The reason why I bring that up is because I read somewhere, I don't, you know, don't quote me on this. This is just me talking that stimulants impair one's own ability to sense things in the sixth sense mm. yeah and i'm not sure where i read that but um we're also caffeinated that you know as we grow up you know we tend to drink coffee caffeine is probably like the number one most consumed stimulant like in the world really and so apparently when we're unstimulated and when people quit caffeine they kind of you know, become more in tune with themselves. And I'm not advocating for this. I drink two cups of coffee a day, but, That's it. um, well, I mean the two cups that I drink, bro, they're like quad espressos. So like, mm. yeah, like more than 350 milligrams. Yeah. But the reason why I brought that up is because what if there is something to that? What if we're so overly stimulated that we've kind of blunted our innate ability to tap into, you know, things that we, you know, would think are supernatural, mm. right? I don't know. Just a, just a thought. Yeah. Um, but yeah, because I've been drinking coffee since I was like nine. So like, you know, I'm Cuban. So my, my parents would give me ca cafe con leche, like growing up, like every morning. So I don't remember the last time that I wasn't caffeinated and I haven't had any crazy experiences besides the ones that happened when I was like 
doing the paranormal investigation. So that's very interesting. Mm. That's very interesting. Do you feel like your experiences experiences kind of started reducing going into adulthood or like, yeah, I haven't yeah. had like anything happen to me anything crazy in recent yeah. memory at all. Um, hmm. so I have interesting. Yeah. I mean, that was probably high school was like the last time, you know what? I had something that was weird that happened to me. Um, I don't know that I would consider it paranormal. Um, but it was a couple years ago, my girlfriend's brother <clears throat> for Christmas got me a Ouija board and it was like from the <laughs> toy store. It still had the cellophane wrap around it, um, for Christmas. Right. So we go back home, uh, to our apartment in downtown Phoenix and I brought the Ouija board with us. Um, and I just kind of put it on top of the counter and I was just like, I don't want to open it because I haven't decided if I want to use it yet. And, uh, and, and so basically I left it in the cellophane wrapper. Anyways, I go to bed that night and I start like having a lucid dream, uh, in the sense of, you know, a lucid dream is basically where it feels real, right? Is that kind of what the definition of a lucid dream is? I think so. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, Basically, in my dream, which I didn't realize was a dream, I was working in my office and it felt real because I was I was sitting on my laptop. I was doing some boring work, maybe editing a video or something like something just like where you're just kind of sitting in silence or whatever. And it I thought it was actually at my desk, right, working. And I look into the hallway from my office and I see this shadow figure that looks like um it looks like a dude wearing one of those full body stretchy suits like sometimes people wear green ones for like video and stuff um mm, but this like a mocap suit where it goes over your head and everything yeah mm -hmm. this person looked like he was wearing a dark black one so it looked like a shadow figure but it was more it, in my dream. It specifically looks like a man wearing an all black, like stretchy suit like that. I could see his gut and like kind of just like the light bump bouncing off of it or whatever. And he was like Ooh. standing there like yeah. <sighs> breathing. Right. And um, he had a dog next to him, this little fucking shadow dog, like this fucking Rottweiler thing. It was a shadow. Right. And I would see it and then I would go, Oh shit. What's this must be a dream. And that thought would happen. And the moment I'd have that thought, it would like go back into a dream state. And it happened like maybe, uh, uh, once again, where I was now like walking into my office from the kitchen and it felt real again, I'm looking behind me <laughs> and it felt real. And, uh, yeah. and I, I'm standing in the same hallway now and oh shit, there's that shadow guy with the dog standing there at the doorway. This is the entrance to my apartment. Um, just like, <sighs> and the dog is standing there just like ready to fucking uh, let me get at him. Right. And, um, it happened like maybe three times in this dream where it's kind of a similar thing. And then I see it and I realize I'm dreaming, um, to where the last time that it happened, I like yell at it and I confront it and I say, get out of my house, go get the fuck out. Right. 
and I realized like when I, when I confronted it, it kind of like was backing down a little bit. And, um, basically I wake up in my bed, which for this whole time I've had multiple instances of where I thought I was like at different places in my apartment and it felt real. So I wake up in my bed and I'm like, holy fuck, that was the craziest dream that I've ever fucking had. So I turn over to tell my girlfriend about it or to see if she's on her phone or something. And I shit you not, I turn over, there's a shadow Rottweiler dog sitting on my chest, just breathing in my face. And then I wake up again. And this time it was a real wake up. I was actually awake this time and I was actually in my bed. And so I was like sitting there like, okay, what the fuck just happened, you know? And I come to the conclusion as I'm sitting there in my bed and I'm actually awake now, it must be that fucking Ouija board. And so basically it's like 3 a.m. Ironically, maybe 3.30 a.m. I, I wake up, I grab the Ouija board off the top of the counter and I go, I'm, I'm walking through my apartment building carrying a Ouija board at 3.30 fucking a.m. because I'm going to go down to the main level in the garage where the dumpster is and throw it in the dumpster. And I even avoided taking the elevator just in case. Um, yeah, and I left it in the cellophane wrap and everything. Threw it in the dumpster. Bye. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Ouija boards are creepy, man. I've only owned one ever one Ouija board and it was me and my girlfriend like when she was my girlfriend when we first met we were just messing around with it uh asking questions we actually did use it and um I don't know I don't I don't know if I believe Ouija boards I really don't know um I had one because actually yeah um that was a glow in the dark one I bought as a kid and this uh uh, I never got it to work. So yeah, I, I feel you on yeah. that. And I actually ironically gave it to the guy who had that haunted house where I heard the loud cackle, gave it to them. Really? Yeah. Cause yeah. I, I never got it to work. I tried a few times, so I don't know if I yeah. believe it. And I don't even know that I can call that weird dream a paranormal experience, but it was the only time I've had a dream like that. Um, and that was the only variable that changed, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. 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 I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know about Ouija boards and like things like that, but I do know that there's a lot of paranormal stuff. There's so many, you know, so many stories. Like we hear so many different kinds of stories about paranormal occurrences and like, you know, especially with like locations, like there's bound by specific locations and, um, what makes those places paranormal, right? Like, what could it be? Could it be like the electromagnetic field in that area? Could it be, you know, like, like for example, like Skinwalker Ranch, what is underneath that, that Mesa? Have you seen the show? The secret of Skinwalker Ranch? Yeah. Yeah. It's actually, ironically, the guy who they brought in for that episode, uh, his name is James Keenan, um, who helped them measure the fact that they had like running water underground. Um, that was mm -hmm. the dude, right? And I had him on my podcast uh, in 2020 that mm. <laughs> right now the only place that exists is on my Patreon. And this is not a plug for my Patreon. But yeah, I ended up not continuing that podcast, which is kind of a roundabout skipping stone in retrospect, 
kind of leading to this podcast, but um, I had him on before the season two of that show came out and he was like, yeah, I just got done filming this show. And, you know, let me tell you about Skinwalker Ranch. And he was giving me the basic rundown, but he wouldn't give me any details about what they found because he's like, oh, I have NDAs. I can't talk about that until the show came comes out. And I was like, bro, mm. you're just going to fucking sit here and tease me. And I so um, I watched the show and, and uh, yeah, that that was like you couldn't tell me that there was a running flow of water underground there like and yeah is that that's spoiler worthy yeah yeah like yeah yeah but he was like it is game changing and so but you actually just said that right like there's something underground there yeah apparently like there's something underneath the mesa they keep seeing something like with like scanners and stuff like what um they see like uh something that's like resonating or something yeah it's been a while since I saw the show, but like, yeah, apparently there's something inside. Have you heard about and... the Bosnian pyramids? No. So I've been getting a lot of messages on my TikTok and on my Instagram telling me you need to look into the Bosnian pyramids, bro. And this is in response almost to the fact that my last video, which went mega viral on TikTok, uh, was about the Great Pyramid. And... Mm -hmm. I never looked into the Bosnian pyramids myself until literally like yesterday when my uh, buddy, former client of mine on the dating advice business was like, have you heard about this? And it was a video about the Bosnian pyramid. And I was like, yo, that's wild. And what's crazy about the story is basically this pyramid that's covered in like trees and forestry or whatever in Bosnia um, is oddly shaped like a pyramid. And everybody hmm. thinks it's like a natural formation. But this one guy in like 2006 basically started investigating it and was like taking measurements and found out that it was like a perfect pyramid with four sides. And there were uh, two other pyramids nearby and actually the tip the tips of them make an equilateral equilateral triangle um and in this pyramid basically he got permission to start excavating it they found all these underground tunnels that go in and around all three of these pyramids these are huge underground tunnels and the the tunnels are made of like drywall and when they carbon date the drywall and the and the organic matter that's kind of located within the wall and the concretes that they use, it carbon dates back to like something like thirty six thousand years. Wow! <laughs> and uh, this pyramid, which the only thing that's uh, not confirming its existence is one, uh, it's covered in forestry, so they really can't tell until they start removing a lot of that stuff if it is actually like a man-made looking as pyramid because even the pyramids in Mexico were once covered with a bunch of forestry until they had to excavate the whole thing. And now you got right. like the temple of the sun and all that shit. And so this one it's covered, but Zahi Hawass himself, that boy comes in that boy Zahi. and basically never even visits it himself. But basically comes in and is just like, y'all motherfuckers are lying. Y'all need to stop talking about this right now. 
And it's been a big conspiracy because um, a lot of attempts have been made to block the research and discredit a lot of the research that's going on there. But yeah, um, yeah. wild story. And so we're definitely going to clip that for social media right there. I do want to learn more about that, though. That is pretty crazy. Have you heard of the Alaska Pyramid? Of no. the Alaskan Pyramid? Mm -mm. Well, let me tell you, I actually did a video on this. I think it was like a about two years ago. And even Tom DeLong spoke about it, too. So there's a pyramid in Alaska that is apparently suppressing consciousness. Yeah. So there's a pyramid that's apparently buried underneath Alaska in the U.S. government. And I believe some kind of maybe other organized private companies have looked into it. And um, I do think that there is a private military that is kind of like, you know, recovering crashes uh, that is investigating geological structures that could be, you know, non-human on this planet. I do. I really do think that that's happening right now. And that has happened. But in, in Alaska, there's a pyramid that they found, I believe like it was in like fifties or sixties. Um, and they kind of like excavated it and it's actually buried underneath like a mountain. It's not necessarily like exposed or anything like that. And they have crews working on it. Um, you know, trying to figure it out. They've been trying to find out what exactly is the purpose of the pyramid. Uh, but apparently Tom DeLong said that it's suppressing consciousness. That That's one of the leading, um, I guess, theories as to what, what its function is and that it was placed here by some kind of non-human intelligence. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, it's pretty interesting. You know, Linda Mol Moulton Howe, mm -hmm. she actually talked about it too and several other people yeah hmm. so yeah it's very interesting tom delong very is one of those people who i would really love to have a conversation with if we get yeah, him same. on here that because here's the thing blink 182 is amazing right but he also on the ufo side of things says a lot of things that seem contrarian to what other cliques of people in the UFO community say. And this is kind of going back onto what we were saying a couple episodes ago or what I was saying, which is like, you almost have like two opposing sides that have different theories about what's going on or what the intention behind these ETs are, you know, in the big dividing line that I see a very clear line that splits people is like, are they, a defense threat or are they here to help humanity and you have people who are adamantly on one side of the line or the other side of the line but tom DeLong will come out and he'll have relevancy and uh what's the right word uh authority um he he basically gives himself credibility. That's the word I'm looking for. When he, with his organization to the stars Academy releases the Pentagon videos known as the Tic Tac, uh, you know, and the go fast and all that stuff, like his organization released that, but then he'll go on to say shit. Like there's a pyramid in Alaska suppressing consciousness. <laughs> <laughs> and then he'll say stuff like Roswell was not extraterrestrial was actually the Nazis. And you yeah. go, where do you get this? And you missed one. Yeah. The insectoids. The insectoids are actually the bad ones. 
Okay. Yeah. That's something that he recently said too. And so I actually don't not believe what he's saying. I want to give him the shot based on his credibility of walking me down the rabbit hole so I can come to the same conclusion that you came to. I think that in itself could have a, a full podcast dedicated to each one of the crazy things that he said. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely. We could totally shoot for that. I mean, he said a lot of things, though, that look, he wants to take credit for. I mean, he's taking credit and he said it before that he's kind of like responsible for the reason why we're getting all these videos and the reason why disclosure has progressed is because he apparently, and I don't know if you remember this during the Joe Rogan podcast that he did, the one and only one that he did, he uh, essentially said that he got in contact with government officials and he presented to them the idea of a, a disclosure plan. And then the people that he spoke with, which I'm assuming it was like Lou Elizondo, Jim Semivan, and then a whole bunch of others, other people um, within different military branches that were in favor of disclosure, they actually liked the idea. Uh, and then that's when they went ahead and they formed to the stars Academy. And then they tried to, you know, um, they came out with the 2017 article in New York times and then everything started cascading from there. Yeah. So, so yeah, I think he's had a big, a big role. Correct me everything. if I'm wrong. But isn't part of their like disclosure plan and where he brings in the value to the government, the fact that <clears throat> the fact that he wants to do it through forms of entertainment, like books called Secret Machines, which he wrote, and also that's, other movies, right? That's yeah, that's one of them. But I don't think that plan is going to work out. Um, He's doing it. Have you know? Have you? He, did you notice that they came out with a movie called Secret Machines? They, yeah, yeah. I noticed that they came out with a movie. I'm not was it Secret Machines or was it another one? I think it was I thought like, it was called Secret Machines, but I might be wrong. I know he directed yeah. or wrote one. Yeah, no, no, no. That's his book. I think the movie that you're talking about is one that he directed. Um um And it's about aliens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't watched it, um, but I'm curious if because I know he like drops Easter eggs everywhere, right? Yep, it's called Monsters of California. That's Apparently right. it flopped though. It flopped. Like critics did not like it, which, you know, you know, you got to take that with a grain of salt too. But yeah, apparently critics didn't like it. Uh and I feel like it that's not the way to do it because we're we're already so far so far, you know, I mean, exposed to this through the media. I feel like we don't need for entertainment to continue kind of adding that stigma. I feel like that's only what it's doing is further for unless he finds a way to make it more creative, um, like and realistic, right? In a way where, that it'll be relatable to us uh, in the disclosure timeline, then that it can definitely work to kind of desensitize and destigmatize the topic. But if you're making things about it, I mean... If you're making making movies and TV shows for entertainment purposes, you know people are only going to find it more fictional, in my opinion. In my opinion, um, like, look, we've been doing this for so many years. Like, look at you know ET, look at Avatar, look at all these movies that have come out yeah. that involve some kind of extraterrestrial intelligence, and you know it only fictionalizes it a lot more than it does to bring disclosure to expedite disclosure. You know. Yeah, it's 
just my opinion but i actually I don't, don't know, mind man. his plan i mean i feel like i don't mind it yeah you know how you you said you trust david grush i trust ironically um i trust uh tom DeLong. there's something about i just i think he actually seems like someone who's not trying to convey a narrative however he also is in the same like he's buddy buddy with Lou Elizondo and like I said Lou Elizondo is on that side of the fence where they tend to think that this is a defense uh issue and so there's something about Tom DeLong's where if he genuinely feels like that I would like him to tell me why um but if he's helping push some agenda to get more budget you know for the government defense or whatever um yeah i'm not sure about that but i feel like he definitely knows some shit and i'm very curious as to how he knows it i feel like he does too and i know that he said that he's read like a lot of books and stuff like that yeah but you and know he plays it off there's no like I don't know. He's so confident about it. Yeah, no, I, I, I believe Tom DeLong. Like, but a lot of the things that he does say, like the insectoids are like the bad, the bad race, you I know, mean, of, of aliens. Which Starship it could Troopers be. Troopers was a scary ass movie, dude. Or even, um, have you ever played Mass Effect, the Mass Effect video game series? No. So Mass Effect, it takes place like it's a, it's an RPG game, and it takes place in space, and then like you're the commander of a ship. It's called the, uh, I believe it's the Normandy and it's like the ship and you're like traveling to different planets and like the story is really cool, but there's this one threat and it's called the Reapers and they're like an, a hive mind kind of like insectoid type of like technological race. Um, and it's literally the plot of Mass Effect, what, you know, Tom DeLonge is pitching, which is, I mean, it's pretty crazy. It is pretty crazy. Um, but I don't know. I feel like at face value, it might sound, you know, like a little crazy, but I mean, who's to say that there's like, there isn't, uh, you know, an evolved form of intelligence, but they look like insects. I mean, you know, it could be a possibility. Yeah. I, what, what's even crazier to me is that there could be other humans out there in other planets, like other humans, like people that, look just like us on other planets yeah i think that's even trippier right with like crazier. a working internet and a city that looks just like <laughs> new york city but like a little bit different yeah 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 See, i feel that's, like that's, that's probably all we... out there somewhere like alpha Centauri or something it is yeah probably more than likely i mean what are the chances of life out there you know i've always like, wondered like would would it like we look for goldilocks planets right planets within the goldilocks zone of a star and we take that as being if there's a planet that's in there then it could potentially maybe have life on it and then we narrow mm -hmm. down the criteria even more by going okay what type of elements are is the atmosphere of this planet made of and ironically there are not i guess not ironically but surprisingly there are a lot of ways sophisticated ways uh using light and measurements of the light literally coming uh off the star shining light off of this thing at different angles uh ways mm -hmm. to determine that right and so mm -hmm. um what they're looking for is like oxygen what they're essentially looking for is another earth 
And to me, that is too inside the box thinking. Because if you're looking for another Earth, you're looking for life that could have only formed in the exact same way that we think humans formed, right? Right. But there are so many different types of atmospheres at all zones around the, yeah. the each solar system to where life forms could potentially develop in any number of ways. As an example, mm-hmm. um, there was a moon of Jupiter that we didn't even know. This is the first time we had discovered water in a place that wasn't Earth was as a satellite was exiting our atmosphere and passing all the major planets along the way to take pictures. And it took pictures of massive miles and miles long geysers that are just shooting out of the surface of this moon of Jupiter. And they're like, holy shit, like geysers shooting this fucking water. So like, obviously there's water there. There could be maybe some type of fish living under the shell of a surface of this fucking moon. And there's like a whole massive underwater organization a colony not even saying it's advanced but i'm just saying we look too in the box that we limit the possibility of being outside the box like what if there's a life form that develops by not breathing oxygen but breathing methane you know yeah 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 there could be silicone based life out there which is even crazier to to think about yeah yeah there's so many different kinds of life out there that and that's probably what we're seeing. That's probably what we're seeing up in the skies. And then, you know, now there is the, um, you know, what do they call them? U USOs. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you call it? Under uh, unidentified submersive, submersible objects. Um, things that can literally travel through the elements in real time, like just fast, you know, it's, uh, yeah, it's very interesting. It's very interesting. They could be living in our oceans. These these organisms, these these non-human, you know, intelligences. Um, there's we so many different know. possibilities. We yeah, I know. never know. We would never know because we've only explored how much of our ocean. You ever see like, those like movies about the deep water, deep sea underwater aliens? I think there's literally one with like that Kristen Stewart Stewart girl recently. Did you see that movie? No. Bro, you mm. got to watch it. It's yeah. It's literally about people who work on the bottom of the ocean and they do these shifts down there and it's like pitch black and basically this place gets invaded by underwater aliens and starts killing everybody. And No way. But it like it's at the bottom of the fucking ocean, but it feels like space, so it it works, you know. Yeah. Um yeah, that movie <laughs> There's all those deep sea, especially deep sea and aliens. I'm just like, this movie is too intense for me. I'll watch it <laughs> and I'll love it, but I'll also hate it at the same time. It's like Ab River X. Love it, but I hate it, <laughs> I hate it but I love it. <laughs> Dude, you, yeah. just, you just threw me back. Yeah. Yeah, yeah man. Um, honestly, like, here's the thing, right? If there's organisms living, if there's intelligent life living underneath our oceans, I always think about it. Like what gives us the privilege to inhabit the surface? Like we have, 
we have full domain over the surface. If you really do think about it, I don't see any other intelligent beings walking on the surface. So, you know, in a way it's kind of humbling because it makes us, it makes me feel important to a certain capacity in the grand scheme of things. But at the same time, like, you know, these, these beings, what I'm trying to get to is like, there, there are beings underneath the, the oceans. If they do reside there, why haven't they come out and like told us to, to eat the fuck, you know, like to get out of here. Um, if we're, if we're, there. maybe they're not there. Maybe yeah, they I don't, don't exist. They're like ghosts in the night. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. That is yeah. the big question. Um, yeah. You know, um, I don't know if you heard about this story, but um, do you know Avi Loeb? Have Personally, you heard of Avi Loeb? I don't know him, but I, I have heard of him. Yeah. So Avi Loeb, um, he's like a Harvard scientist or whatever, like Harvard professor. I'm sorry. Um, and he set uh, an expedition. He sent like himself and the crew to go recover something from the Pacific Ocean, I believe it was, back like late last year, and they recovered certain fragments or whatever. And did you hear about that story? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they recovered fragments of what I believe was a meteor that crash landed in the Pacific. And the meteor was not, it was apparently came from outside of our solar system. And that's what made it so important. And so they recovered the fragments and they found that it is not something that would be found like that is something that is technological in nature, essentially. And I also heard recently that there's like a gold orb. Did you hear about that? They found the gold orb down in the bottom of the ocean as well. Hmm. Um, Like a ball of gold. Yeah. And it's like, and it's like something they, they, yeah, let me share it with you real quick. Look at this. This is really cool. Um, let me share my screen. Yeah. And they actually have a picture of it too. See here. It says, um, let me just close out. Yeah. It says scientists are baffled by a mysterious blob. They found on the ocean floor deep underwater off the coast of Alaska. The bizarre object which is about four inches in diameter and has a tannish gold color, struck an imaginative chord with researchers and casual onlookers alike, the National Oceanic, blah, 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 blah. So scientists stumbled upon the smooth, soft object stuck tightly to a rock about two miles below the surface of the Pacific Ocean on August 30th. They had been using remotely operated vehicles to map deep under. Uh, to map deep water habitats near Alaska as part of the NOAA's Seascape Alaska 5 expedition. In a live stream of the mission, researchers can can be heard discussing the puzzling discovery, throwing around their theories and even a few jokes about what it could be. Their guesses range from egg casing to coral to an encrusting sponge. And one trait that really caught their attention was a small hole in the object as if something had gone in or come out. It's like the beginning of a horror movie, they said. But um, apparently, yeah, they sucked it up and um, they're analyzing it. And this is a picture of it. And they say that it's organic in nature, but they don't know what kind of organic it is. 
they don't know if it's an egg or if it's like a sponge or what it is. So it's not made of um, gold. No, the color appears to be gold, but um, yeah, so they're still kind of um, skimming through the article right now. The gold orb illustrates the importance of the mission, blah, 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 blah. There's really nothing that um, they found that's conclusive of, you know, what exactly it is. But um, yeah, these are just crazy stories that I hear about all the time. And it's like, what is it? Hmm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. They're saying that's like an egg casing or something, but yeah, very weird stuff. We're finding weird things. Definitely. And yeah. um, Yeah. And now we're, we're hearing about James Webb and how there's rumors that are circulating that, you know, the James Webb space telescope has discovered life on another world. Um, And they're saying you know, people are speculating that it's techno signatures rather than, um, <clears throat> you know, biological signatures. What do you mean by that? Um, technological signatures, meaning that they may be seeing artificial light coming from a planet, from the surface of a planet. Um, could be radio waves or some something else. I don't know. Hmm. But, yeah. Uh, there's actually an article by futurism.com and I don't know if you've heard of these folks, but yeah, they, uh, very interesting stuff. I feel like James Webb is going to drop some, some, some nuggets this year for sure. Says rumors circulating that James Webb has discovered life in another world. It's just that they don't want us to release or confirm those results until they can be entirely sure. But we found a planet that seems to be giving off strong signals of biological life. So, um, is this, is this, uh, like a actual, this is a reputable news source. I believe so. I mean, I've seen, it's called futurism.com. I I'm not sure how reputable they are, but I've seen articles from them beforehand and they, 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 you know, usually publish scientific articles um, or science-related articles Hmm. saying potentially the James Webb telescope may have already found alien life. It's just that they don't want to release or confirm those results until they can be entirely sure. So, yeah, um, there was a biosignature detected on K218B, uh, and it's a molecule called dimethyl sulfide. And it's a smelly substance on earth that is produced only by living organisms. And I did hear that it's produced by plankton. I think it was, or phytoplankton, something, something like that. Um, Hmm. yeah, yeah, that's weird. So do you think it's like advanced life or do you think it's probably just basic life? They may start from a disclosure perspective. What I think that they may do is just start off small and, expose the the public and the world to you know like oh we found little organisms little microscopic organisms that are you know residing in other planets outside of our own and then it could start to graduate to like oh we found these you know it could be uh animals they could start saying oh we, we see animals and then you know that the continuous disclosure desensitization process continues you know yeah, uh, that that could be that could be what's happening and what could happen this year, beginning this year, depending on the 
on the plan they have set. So, so you think this is part of like a, a larger slow drip disclosure, like we were talking about uh, earlier? I think so. Huh. I think so. I think so. One of the scientists that actually worked on the James Webb telescope, I think she was from the UK or something like that. She actually said uh, earlier this year, like at the beginning of this year, that this will definitely be the year where we find something out. Um, but don't quote me on that. I could look it up. But yeah, I do think that there. this is the year for sure. Um, I yeah. mean, I I hope so. I think... <clears throat> I think it's like ripping off a Band-Aid. Just get it over yep. with. You know, it's get like it when I proposed it. to my now fiance, I got the ring and gave it to her in less than two weeks. I was like, just rip off the Band-Aid. Let's get it done. Yeah. Yep. Get her done. Get her done, man. Just That's it. Like, enter the new world, you know? Um, new world order. Yep. And w New World Order. Perfect time to announce. If you haven't followed us on Instagram or Twitter yet, you should. It's B Whole Theories uh, on both Instagram <laughs> and Twitter. Go follow us there. <laughs> B Whole Theories, baby. And I'm not even, that is not a joke. I'm serious. Yeah. If you look up <laughs> on Instagram right now, B Whole Theories, you will find. Your boy. Yes, sir. Getting deep on those black holes. <laughs> That's right. Yep. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of weird stuff happening this year, especially with like announcements, you know, with technology and AIs getting crazy. Um, it's funny how I can't find that one article. Seems like they, they probably dug it up. Bro, but, I have an idea. Yeah. You ready for this? I'm all ears. I feel like we should come up with a name for our audience members who are still listening after an hour and 20 minutes. Like hmm. Colin and Samir, as an example, they call it the deep end because they realize that towards the end of the show, Every time they film one of these creator support episodes is what their their show is called. Towards the end, they just start like ranting about shit. And they, hmm. they were like, dude, if you're still listening, you're in the deep end. I feel like we need our own version of the deep end. Because I feel like by this point, I mean, we are we are just like on a on a on a train that's going and it's got momentum. You know what I'm saying? You picking up what I'm putting down? I sure am. Yeah. So you're, 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 uh, so we're in the black hole then. Oh you know God. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It just, it fits so well. Bro. <laughs> it fits in bro. Yeah. I mean, we are there. Yeah. We are in the black hole right now. <laughs> yeah. That is us. What happens outside of a black hole? Like what like happens on the other side? Yeah. Do we know? No, there's no. I had the theory, my, even as a kid, like I thought about it and I, now it's a theory that a lot of people have also postulated, but I like to think I was the first 
And it is that, I think that is the big bang to another universe. Every black Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. So you think that it's like a portal to another universe, essentially? You could say that. Yeah. Yeah. I think that would be an appropriate term because I'm imagining literally like a portal shaped thing. And I never thought about the shape of a portal, but it's like got this like cone structure because it's all sucking down towards the middle to infinity and beyond. So what's the beyond? I think it's an explosion <laughs> inside <that laughs> black hole. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you said it. It's a I big thing, bro. <laughs> you said it. <laughs> uh. Let me ask you something. Do you think it's possible we're living in a black hole right now? Like, um, I think it's, <laughs> I think it's possible. <laughs> yeah. Everything in life is holes. If you really think uh, about it, we come out of holes. Right. Uh, <laughs> we come out of holes and we end up in a hole. <laughs> I mean, yeah, isn't that what's eventually destined to happen to the earth when our star meets its fate in the center of this black hole at the center of the Milky Way? Yeah, yeah. Um very interesting, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Something about holes, man. <laughs> But in all seriousness, go follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Yes. And um, yeah, man, this is a dope pod. Yeah. Looking forward to the, to the next one. We got to, we got to, we got to go deep in down the rabbit hole of a couple things. Um, definitely a couple things that we didn't touch up on in this episode, but um, Yeah. Yeah, I want to talk about the Wilson Davis memo. If you've heard of that one before, yeah, there's a lot of things, a lot of things that we got to. Do you want to talk about it now, or do you want to talk about it later? Yeah, I mean, we can we can just bring it up real quick. So Wilson Davis memo, you know, it's a hundred percent like legit, right? It's confirmed. So walk um, me through what this is. It sounds it sounds very boring. Um, it is, but yeah. I know. That it's not because I've heard the con some of the context around it, but I think this is why I've never looked into it, which is why I'd like you to describe it. Is because when I hear the Wilson memo, I go put it in, put that thing in the shredder right now. It sounds boring. Yeah, so, you know. Yeah, no, it is. It is, and I really hope I don't butcher it. But so essentially, what happened was there was this guy, Admiral uh, uh, Wilson, right? He was like an admiral for the military, for the government. He was like one of the head dudes for that, right? He had a conversation. He wanted jurisdiction over what's going on with these black projects that, you know, the military has going on with UFOs and things like that. And then, so then he had a conversation with Eric Davis, right? Now, Eric Davis is this scientist dude who's working on ufo uh reverse engineering technology by the right? way this is this will make a good clip and you should do a whoosh yeah. and then have me go by the way this should make a good clip and then whoosh back to the story yeah. <laughs> cool i like it i like it so essentially um yeah eric davis he's like this dude and i actually follow him like on 
Facebook. Um, yeah, it's, I'll tell you more about it later. But essentially, Eric Davis was having a conversation with um, with Wilson, Admiral Wilson, and Admiral Wilson wanted to gain access to what's going on with the UFO crash retrieval stuff, with the with the with what's going on with UFOs. You know, what are they doing to reverse engineer that shit? And so. Um, the memo is a conversation between both of them and then essentially Eric Davis telling uh, Admiral Wilson that, yes, we have re recovered craft that are non-human. They're not from this world um, and that we're still trying to figure out how to reverse engineer it. And we still haven't gotten a chance to even do it successfully. Mm. We haven't been able, been able to reverse engineer that the technology and we're having a lot of difficulties with it. And so that document was already confirmed as being legitimate. And as a matter of fact, Richard Dolan actually spoke about it. And I know you spoke to Richard Dolan yeah. before on your show. And, um, that's something that he's an expert on, but yeah, that's basically it summarized in a little micro clip. Hmm. Yeah. It's that, interesting, though. Yeah. And so you said that that was confirmed to be real. Mm hmm. Yep. That's that's wild. Do you yeah. think one of those craft was potentially the one that Bob Lazar worked on? Potentially, I do think that there's so many there, there's so many potential like craft out there that we've been trying to reverse engineer, we probably just don't have the capability of even doing it. I feel like they've given us these non human intelligences have given us the free will to be like, all right, some of them have even been like, uh, reported to be gifts from them, right gifts, because apparently they've been they've found intact craft without any damage, as if it were just placed there for us to examine and take and utilize for whatever purpose, you know, for utilization. Right. Where'd you hear and about so, this? Um, um, I've heard this from, I think it was Ross Colthart. Um, I've heard it from him and from several other people. Um, yeah, that, uh, these, these craft have been gift gifted to us. Wow. They've yeah. And so, you know, I feel like they've given us the free will. They haven't given us the schematics to actually utilize the actual craft. And I don't know, man. I, I mean, the Eric Wilson, uh, the Eric, uh, the Admiral Wilson Davis memo. Yeah. It, it that conversation was had in the '90s, so I don't know what's occurred mm. over the past 30 years. You know, in terms yeah. of reverse engineering that technology, so much could have happened between that point in time to now that, like. You know, who's to say that we haven't made advancements in that? And maybe some of these UFOs that we're seeing in the sky are ours or, yeah. you know, some other countries, which is pretty scary. But I don't know, man. I really don't know. I I find it hard to believe that we're able, able to even figure it out by ourselves. Um, although I'm not discrediting, you know, how intelligent we as a human species can be. But what I'm saying is that, like, it seems mind boggling to me that these these craft are able to, you know, travel so fast. I mean, it would literally, in my eyes, it would, you would explode, you know, from the G forces. Look at what happened to the people that went um, diving um, last year, I believe it was, uh, that expedition where they went underwater. And you know what I'm talking about? The, uh, I forgot the name of the expedition, but the these Titanic? people went. Yeah, to the Titanic. What was that called? Um, 
Ocean Gate. Ocean Gate, something like that. Yeah. I mean, they, they spontaneously combusted oh when that thing, I mean, rest in peace, but like, you know, I'm not, like from, from like a scientific point of view, like if you were yeah. to try to comprehend, they spontaneously combusted. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I didn't mean to sound insensitive, but like, you know, it's very sad what happened, but, um, but yeah, I mean. I don't know, man. Do you think we can survive like the G forces of like instant travel? <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I think if it works the way Bob Lazar described, where it forms a gravity bubble around the craft, I I think you won't even feel any of the the G forces um, because it's in a weird way to think about it it's like they're standing on top of like this fucking treadmill that's a ball shape and anytime they walk forward they're not actually moving forward the treadmill of earth is moving be below it you know it's like mm. they're literally pulling space towards it and so um I think you wouldn't feel any of the G forces. And I think if it's probably powerful enough, depending on the capability, it seems like they can zip basically anywhere they want in the universe within an instant. Um, you yeah. might call that a, a, yeah, I guess technically the word for that would be a wormhole. You know, it, it could warp it so much to where it might be a wormhole or it's just like pulling the treadmill all the way up to you and then going loop and then just stepping over there. Yeah. 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 It's probably some kind of science that we, that we probably don't even understand a hundred percent yet. Right. That's my bro science way to explain that. No, I like it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I like it. It makes more sense than like, if you were to just, <laughs> you know, talk about chemical formulas and shit like that. But yeah, yeah I don't want to bore you I, with the science. <laughs> I know. Right. Yeah. No, I, I don't know, man. Um, I don't know. I, I, I don't know how it could work. Um, what I do plan, like what I do hope and pray that actually, you know, does come out soon would be a uh, commercial space travel uh, yeah. in our lifetime. Did you hear yeah. about Steve Aoki wanting to go to space? Like being part of like, they have this group of celebrities that's going to be the first to do commercial space travel or, and they're going to go to the moon. Did you hear about this? No, I didn't. Bro, yeah. it's like this, this company kind of like ocean gate or whatever, but they're developing mm. rides to space and mm. they want to launch by officially taking a group of celebrities to the moon and back. Mm. And one of those celebrities, they already came off the list, bro. Steve Aoki's on the list. And so wow. <laughs> I am of the opinion that I would not want to be, on the first ride to the moon by yeah, this fucking no name company. I would love to be <laughs> on the 5 millionth ride to the moon, meaning I'm not going to trust commercial space travel at least yeah. for several hundred years before yeah. I'm like, and I ain't combusted in space. You see what happened to those people that went to the Titanic? Nope. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, we want the quality assurance team to do its work for sure. And, uh, the volunteers, 
Do you uh, back in like 2015? Um, there was a rover that was sent out to Mars. Um, I believe it was 2015, 2014, and they gave you the opportunity to actually write your name on the rover or to include your name, your name digitally. Did you ever get a chance to do that? No, but if I did, I would have drawn a dick. <laughs> uh, yeah, that would have been funny. But no, like they... it's like that scene from <laughs> Superbad. He's like, I've always just had this problem where I just can't stop drawing dicks. <laughs> <laughs> oh what a classic movie <laughs> yeah that is a throwback yeah yeah no nah, um they back in like 2017 2014 around there that time frame they nasa they gave you the opportunity for like two million people to write their name like on the rover um and then so that you can technically go to space so i actually did, ended up doing that and i was like the one millionth something person to do it but um yeah man it's um you know what i want um this is what i want okay your two front teeth huh what do you want my, my two front teeth <laughs> yeah what do you want well i do want i do want my two front teeth <laughs> okay no but what i what i do want this is what i do want Okay. Hear me out. I'm hearing you. All right. What do you call it? It's a funeral service, right? A funeral okay. service. You want a funeral service? Is that what you want? Okay, no, not yet. Not yet. Okay. Not yet. You hear me out. Hear me out. I want there to be a service that ships people out to space when they become deceased. Where? in space just shipped out just like in the atmosphere like in orbit no, like out out deep space deep space well what if it accidentally hits a ufo that could happen and what if it does hit a ufo and the ufo recovers it and resuscitates you or i mean that is a possibility that i mean that's the hope right it's like That's we the set hope. them off, but they could be living out there somewhere. Exactly. And that's the creative imagination aspect of it. That, I mean, that's what I like. It's a service that sells itself. Life after death, resurrected by the aliens themselves. Themselves. Bam. Bam. Right there. That's a bit that's a trillion dollar idea. I don't think my girlfriend would go for or should I say fiance? I don't think she would go for it. She ironically has a phobia of aliens. Really? Which I can't explain. She, I guess she, I guess theoretically it was all created by the movie signs, which I don't blame mm. her. I mean that I watched that when I was like 12 and that scared the yeah. shit out of me. I guess it scared her so much to where she cannot even comprehend the thought of looking at, anything that even resembles an alien and she won't watch any alien movies or space movies. Mm. Um, really? Yeah. So that sales pitch wouldn't work on her life after yeah. death in space resurrected by aliens. She would be like, I'll pass. Yeah. I'm thinking about it now too. Like, can you really decompose in space? Hmm. I 
Maybe, yeah. Like radiation, space radiation would decompose mm. you. Yeah. Yeah. Not to get Just all science on you, you know. Yeah, no, not at all. I like it, though. I don't know, man. Yeah. It's definitely something that, um, hey, they could offer that as a service um, at some point in the future. You never know. But I do hope for commercial space travel or at least, you know, in our lifetime, the ability to travel to other other habitable planets in our lifetime. I feel like that would be the end goal of the disclosure yeah. of this technology. Is yeah. to have like some exchange program where we could go bang an alien that looks like a human. Right? That's the hope. You go over there, you meet some hot alien chicks. Right? <laughs> Am I wrong? Tell me I'm lying. How would your fiance, fiance feel about that one? Bro, if I'm on another planet, I'm sorry. Babe, I didn't know if I was ever going to come back to Earth. You don't understand. <laughs> I mean, if you know, they're I, hot, I, right? It's only if they're hot. Yeah. And she's got to be charming, too. Well, what if what if there is a planet with just one sex with one? They're just like they're all the grays, yeah. the grays, the grays. Yeah, I mean, I think I think there's probably some planets with AI that formed itself. As crazy as that sounds, Ooh. I bet there's a Transformers planet. I I guarantee it. Ooh, Cybertron. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, in that case, you can't bang those. I wouldn't want to live on that planet anyways. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It sounds like a very, after like, all, long... we are just mammals, right? So we might be from earth, but you almost expect if you're going to bring us over there, we're going to try to fuck things. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Like that's what we it. do. Yeah, I always hear about it in the comments of like videos. I don't know if you've gotten those in your comments, uh, where like they'd be like, Oh, you know, uh if aliens come here we're definitely cla clapping those cheeks. I don't know, those <laughs> clapping those alien cheeks. I hear about yeah. that all the time. Isn't that what they do yeah. though? They like they take your sperm, right? So I mean Yeah. They're into it. Yeah. Yeah. If we believe the abduction story of like, uh, yeah, of uh, Antonio Villas Boas, that one um, story I talked about. Yep. Where that oh, Brazilian yeah. dude got abducted and yep, he had his uh, sperm extracted or he didn't have his sperm extracted. He actually had physical sex with an extraterrestrial uh, woman or what appeared to be a woman. He said, yeah. Yeah. My question Very is, because I remember from your story that wasn't there like some mist or whatever. Yeah. You, mm -hmm. you ever seen that movie on Netflix, uh, spider head or something like that? No, I think you, Dude, you know, all these movies, bro. And I'm like, I got to play catch up, bro. Yeah. I mean, it's what I like to do to, to stop working. Cause my mind <laughs> is so ADHD. Yeah. I don't know if you've realized this, but me too. I, I, I focus so hard on trying to 
get things done throughout the day that I can't stop. So I have to watch a movie. And so I am very critical of movies. I'm also a very big fan of filmmaking. If you've seen my YouTube channel. And so mm-hmm. I really, in, I like when I watch movies, I critique the edits. I critique the, the storytelling elements, the pacing, the pacing, because yeah. I'm trying to make myself better. You know, these are the, mm-hmm. these are the pros and they are amazing at it. Um, and, and so that critique in a way where I'm just trying to improve. Right. And so, um, I try to look for great movies. And if I, if a movie loses me, like kind of like Mr. Beast, like he doesn't even have the patience to watch movies because all he does is YouTube and you mm. can see the pacing of his videos. And, uh, like I, if a movie doesn't suck me in, I, I move on and I look for those gems. And so spider head, I believe spider, spider head or something like that. It's got the dude from, um, what does he play Thor? The guy who plays Thor or is it his brother? No, I think it might actually be. No, it might actually be Chris Hemsworth. Yeah. But the premise of the movie is very similar to what you were saying. Mm -hmm. And, uh, there's a scene in there where basically they take the, they can make people feel any emotion that they want using these gases and they keep testing them on these people who live in this facility by putting them in a room and then they just gas them with this shit. And they made these, this random guy and this random girl, uh, hate each other, yell at each other. And then they made them extremely turned on by each other to where they had to fuck right then and there. And then they made them, fall in love with each other and then they made them forget everything and go back to normal life <laughs> and uh it just reminds me of like that story that you had about that guy where he was abducted and he was gassed and then he had sex and i can't help but think god i hope it was hot because if the gas was like one of these <laughs> shallow house situations like where it's really some fat insectoid alien bitch and you fell in love with that shit because of that gas i will pass there's actually another movie on hulu i forget um i think it's on Hulu. i forget the name of it but the premise is these like three girls go and stay at this badass airbnb in the middle of the desert somewhere and they're there on vacation and this fucking like I guess comet thing lands nearby and it's got this alien type of life form on it. <clears throat> Anyways, it can like possess people or hypnotize them and it's like very evil and it like kills people or whatever. And it ends up like seducing one of these hot chicks who's staying at this mansion and she brings it in. And it's this like blob creature looking thing. It's looking disgusting. But in the course of the movie, this thing ends up banging the fuck out of all three of those women. And uh, was it a blob or was it like a physical person? It was a blob that could hypnotize you into wanting to have erotic sex with it for like eight hours. And during 
what you perceive as a dream that it gives you of the greatest sex in your life. It's really just you laying there like with this thing like down your throat and you're like, <sighs> you know, you're like a zombie. What the hell? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It could have been one of those situations too. I just hope the alien uh. was hot. Yeah, from what from what he says in the story, I mean, he said that it it it, it had, like she like she had like a, a wig on or something like that, and that like, yeah, that it was it looked like an alien, you know, but yeah, apparently that those fumes that he was poisoned with it made him attracted to the alien creature, um, and then he just you know I guess they had sex and. Apparently she pointed towards her stomach and said that like, you know, thank you or whatever. And then she just dipped and never returned. So <laughs> it was a hit and run, but yeah, very weird. Yeah. Very weird story. Yeah. All these weird alien stories. Um, you don't know what to believe, but. Well, Stacy Wright, actually, when I interviewed her, she said that, that they reports are very common of women who have very amazing erotic sex with reptilian creatures. Apparently they're really good Ripped. in bed. And apparently that's a real report that happens consistently. And like Stacy, she came to my apartment in, in downtown Phoenix for this podcast. And listen, I, I'm not like into her. We, we're not trying to like have these conversations about aliens having sex, right? <laughs> but she brings a friend. They're like older ladies, okay? So it's not like I'm trying to bang Stacy, right? All right? But she, she basically like when she brings this up, she brought it up, okay, that it's a regular report of reptilians wanting to have sex with these women that they abduct and the women reported being very good like her and her lady friend they were both older definitely not my type and they uh were like kind of getting into it you know what i'm saying like they're like oh yeah those aliens are good in the sack 